Hey y'all, welcome back to the Grist Home Podcast. This is Joe Fizz, and we are so excited to be bringing you this episode today. Thank you for everybody who has been listening to the show. Uh, if you want to continue helping the show grow, please uh, like on Facebook, subscribe, and share the and follow us on Twitter using the hashtag Grist Home and the Fizz Nation. And our uh, hub for everything grist home third shift thoughts and joe fizz is at the fizz speaks on twitter so go ahead and follow that share the page and help us to grow uh, we're looking to maybe one day go to podcon which is the uh, podcast comic con in a way so hoping to go to that hoping to meet some heroes but we shall see in any event today we're going to bring you grist home episode 2.8 rumors resin went up to the plant who had attacked him brief moments ago and extended a hand gideon reacted to resin's touch the bristles nestling into the soft flesh angrily he almost recoiled but was too entranced by its touch Usha smacked his hand out of the maw of the plant wouldn't do that, she said. Gideon's a little handsy. Oh, gotcha, Resin said, looking down at the plant with fear. I'll, uh, keep to myself. So what you think? Aliens? Magic? It all can be overwhelming to some individuals. She got up from the desk, arms outstretched, and looked around her apartment. This? This is where I hang out to make sure the balance of magic and fate are kept well and orderly. You probably don't know too much about it, but Lucia... Resin said wearily. Look, I don't want to cut you short, but I have to get back to work. Why don't you tell me the rest of this, say, tomorrow? Better yet, I get off work at... He checked his watch, notching his sleeve into the crook of his arm, noticing the hour hand was moving slower than he liked. <sighs> Let's say 3A or 3P, you pick. The witch snapped her fingers as her planner floated into her empty hand. She pulled out a pair of hipster reading glasses and began to read over her timetable. <sighs> I'm a little busy tomorrow. What time do you work? I start shift at 1900 and end at 03. She looked up at him with a pained expression. Military? Since when? Resin shied away. We took a year hiatus, remember? We're buds, but you need to, your space. And you know, but to be on your own to figure stuff out. So I, uh, I decided to enlist. Dude, you're way smarter than that, Lucia said, chastising. I need, I needed the extra cash flow, you know, since I decided, so, Lucia, that's why I decided to enlist, okay? He stepped away from the plant to be sure he wouldn't be attacked again. That wasn't what I was going to actually say, the fear radiating on his face. I, I, look, I've seen this magic before. You what? There was this almost doctor way back a few months ago. It was essentially trying to get me. There were these creatures, these monsters, that were wanting me to submit to the Almost Doc. I almost lost my life and limb. It was in the Nightshade Hall. Lucia hid her own emotions. Crap. She knew what was coming next. Nightshade had these entities inside. The Almost Doc was trying to release him out into the world. But I got out of there, though. She moved and pulled her old friend into a hug. He accepted briefly, then released. I gotta go. Let's catch up at Susie's, okay? Sure. 
Resin left the apartment then, heading back out to see what kind of frivolities the students of Gristholm would get into before their last day on campus. For tomorrow, many a plane ticket would be stashed into a quickly fastened coat pocket as they left their homes for their old bedrooms. Lucia turned in for the night and nestled into her bunk. She had bunk beds for whatever reason. Facilities thought it was a good idea. She turned off her light with the wave of a hand and smiled. She knew she had to talk to Rob Horn, but it wasn't going to be the easiest of conversations. She waved her hand again, and the ceiling started to turn and spin into a vibrant spiral galaxy. For Resin, this was nothing more than a typical end of shift. He made his way on foot back to the house of campus safety. He looked to the boardwalk's shining globes and pondered why and where he would end up tomorrow night. Jeff rolled by in the security vehicle and called out to him. Hey, you doing okay? Yeah, Resin said kind of absentmindedly. You know, just thinking. I could tell. Hop in. We're going to go investigate something. Sure. Why didn't I hear it over the radio? This call has got to go smoothly. It has to be quiet. You, you got it. Resin said in the most chipper voice he could muster. He opened the door and got in next to the ex-airman. So what is it exactly we are doing? Jeff looked at him as the car tires peeled on the gravel. Jeff, what the hell is going on? We need to take care of something really important. Okay? I, I just need you to remain calm. Oh, okay. They turned around in a rapid fashion and sped off towards a portion of North Campus that Resin was all too familiar with. The Willow Apartments. The Willow Apartments were something of a bane and a delight for the House of Campus Safety. First, the Willows were a huge source of party kids. There were some frats and sororities that were spaced out in the area, but most were upperclassmen. The exciting part was that the best calls would happen here. Over time, Resin had a drunk call where he had one girl and that he just had to walk home. The party had been across the common, but she was so inebriated that it seemed like she was traveling across the desert. She could have been double-dipping into some kind of drug or substance, but he wasn't too sure. He was also the worst in terms of calls. It would be one of those nights in which they would be heading north or south, and then out of the blue, they would have to urgently head back north, or to the northeast, depending on where they were at. Resin, at this point in time, was still in training and could not be left to his own devices yet. He followed behind Casey and Trevor as they went to sort out some underage drinking and hazing put on by the frats and sororities. Tonight, Resin was wondering what on God's earth would put Jeff into such a mood that he would be careening through campus to go to the Willows. Jeff, I gotta ask again, what the absolute hell is going on here? As they hit a large bump. There's an emergency. It's not gonna be pretty. Didn't I say that before? He was notably sweating at this point. Dude, what the hell is happening that you can't just tell me outright? Resin. Jeff took a deep sigh. Resin, there's something you need to know. Gristholm is haunted, and I mean really, really haunted. Good evening, one and all. This is Dylan Derringer here with another special update. This weekend, we are going to send y'all back home. 
Fall break is here, and it's time to be sure to gather up what laundry you have to take on your flights and bus rides, back to your chastising guardians, and stuff yourself with turkey and bits of unhealthy food. I will be remaining in my tower, per usual, and talking to the world about the goings-on here at Gristome Campus. It's not going to be the best gig in the world, but it pays for my student debt. So I might as well enjoy the ride. We are experiencing an influx at the DFAC. At this time in the pouring rain, go for a walk. Experience the times before you're stuck in with your families, whining about how you want to go back to campus. Such is the nature of things, and for you, it will be the nature of all things in your atmosphere until you leave this campus. Sorry, I guess. When you do partake of the defect, we have gizzard cereal and paper cups. We ran out of paper plates for the dining event that happened for the frats and sororities. Prepping in the kitchen was a, well, it took a serious back burner. The staff will be there to greet you through the line as you exit for the last time in a while. They'll be here when you get back, though. To be honest, there isn't much else in the way of news. Even the forecast for tonight predicts a decent moon. That being said, can't wait to have the lot of you come back. You need your breaks, though, that is for sure. And with that, good night, Gristholm. This is Dylan Derringer signing off until next time. Cousin tried to fake his surprise as much as he could. Haunted? That's, that's pretty creepy to be honest with you. But why do you say it's haunted? We got the call about this room in the Willow Apartments. Room 17. It's not exactly what you would call a typical room. The flatmates, well, here, let me show you. Jeff spun the wheel and stared ahead at Willow Apartment number 17. Inside, Resin could see a group of male students looking at each other frantically. One was pointing, the other yelling. One saw the lights and ran out, almost tripping over himself. Officers, you, you gotta come inside. I was I was the one who called. There's There's been some weird shit going on. Can you describe it to me? Jeff said, slowly, carefully choosing his words. It, it's a girl screaming bloody murder. We're, we're a group of dudes. Why, why would there be a girl screaming in our apartment? The officers exchanged looks as Rezin's face got red. Someone's not having any fun, are they? No, we, we have a method to make sure we, we don't intrude on someone. There's There there wasn't a hat on the door this time. There, there Somebody is dying, man, Be, because they keep calling out for Campo to save them. Isn't that messed up? Let's, let's see it then. Rezin said as confidently as he could go. The students nodded and proceeded into the Willow apartment. His flatmates exchanged glances as the Campo officers came into the room. Once they got inside... Jeff and Rezin were slowly pushed towards the stairs. Rezin's ears peeked towards the ceiling in anticipation. Silence. Jeff looked over at the brave leader of the group, raising an eyebrow. The silence still palpable. The group shifted uneasily on their feet. A shrill scream echoed in the apartment as loud as they could hear. Please, officers, please! The wailing came from the most animalistic place Rezin had ever heard. It was so sickening that one of the students vomited in the sink. I just want to die! What are you doing this to me? I want to go home! Another loud thud, with the sound of a slicing motion like a knife through pork chops. Gurgling, splattering sounds hit the floor. 
another thud. Resin looked at Jeff to gauge the reaction. The veteran put distance between himself and the students, almost as if he was expected what was going to happen next. Get a bucket. What? <clears throat> the vomiting student said. I need one now, Jeff said. The students clamored around until they found a mop bucket. Jeff took it by the handles and expertly slid it to a location right below the stairs. Resin watched on as through the ceiling, crimson rain came splattering down. The boys in the apartment all recoiled in horror, some bolting for the door. The vomiter and the leader stayed with the officers as at the top of the stairs, bloodied boots appeared. A long axe handle hit the floorboards right next to the boots. Descending the stairs, slowly, in a macabre waltz, was the only rational option that made sense. Resin stood his ground, anticipating what he knew would descend the stairs. It was Lucia's aunt, covered in blood, with bits of her spine sticking out of her throat. Lucia shouldered her bag and made her way through the campus, while jamming to her favorite tunes. Gristolm in the fall was like an explosion of mysticism. Anything could be learned by staring into the deciduous trees, if only one was so keen to look hard enough. People of all young adult ages and walks of life sauntered their way to and fro. Some enjoyed the company of the lover they chose, while others were riding skate and longboards up and down the boardwalk. For Lucia, this was going to be a long day of class. It was her Tuesday-Thursday schedule, which always messed with her and her routine. She had to drop off scoops to Dylan, complete a mid-shift at the loft, try to, at some point, to get some kind of food, feed Gideon, thump, Lucia was knocked to the ground as a student rolled over her. Pardon me, miss. I was wondering if you had the time. The student had a pale white face and gray eyes. Lucia looked down at her watch, noticing her hands and her wand trembling in its holster. It's, um, <clears throat> uh, 12.30 p.m. Thank you very much, the student deadpanned, looking into her eyes with a sense of knowledge. Lucia had dealt with these kinds of people before, not only in Alpha when she got branded, but with the mind readers. It was in that moment she remembered to shield her mind entirely, blocking out any and all thoughts except for wildflowers. The student cocked their head, almost realizing what exactly the witch was doing. You can do all things, and a lot of things, Miss Frey, but you cannot outrun Alpha Society. Whether it's now or later, you will become one of us. So not going to happen, Lucia countered. The student looked her up and down, turned, and walked away. Lucia watched them go, waiting until she was certain they wouldn't look back, and took off sprinting for the opposite campus safety. She had to catch Rob Horn before he left for the day. Gristholm was written, produced, and performed by Joe Fizz. You want more of Gristholm? Follow us on Facebook and share our page on Twitter at The Fizz Speaks. We're still hoping to write that book and get it to you as soon as possible. But while we're doing that, keep listening to the show. 
Also be prepared for Gristholm Origins, which is coming out in the near future after the third season of this podcast is done. And as always, thank you so much, listeners. Thank you so much for trusting us every month to take you on a journey with the ramblings of Joe Fizz. We appreciate you greatly, and we will talk to you soon. And remember, they're always accepting admissions at Gristholm.